Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Hi. What's going on out there in TV land? We're on TV. You keep mentioning this TV land thing. Well, it's it's an old classic um, stereotype, a way of putting things. It's Radio Land. Coming to you live from Hollywood. We need Don Pardo on the show. Don Pardo would be good. Did you know that uh, that guy who does the impersonations on SNL, the one who did Al Gore, the real great, uh, Daryl Hammond? Hammond, yeah, he's phenomenal. From what I've heard, every once in a while, Don Pardo, he would be sick, and Daryl Hammond would actually do an impersonation of him to fill in for him, and nobody even knew. It wasn't like he did it as a shtick. He did it just to fill in. I could see that. That's funny. Yeah. I remember once years ago when Larry King had his radio show, and you it, he didn't have a TV show yet, like the 80s or the early 80s, and some guy called him up, and he was on from midnight till 4 a.m., and some guy called him up and said, Larry, listen, I'm going to put the mic up to the phone, and I want you to record an answering machine message for me. So, you know, Larry did, hi, this is Larry King, and you're calling Bob's house or something. It was pretty funny. Water, my <laughs> favorite drink. <laughs> John's a big fan of the uh, USA Today, is it? Uh, syndicated or whatever, <laughs> Larry column. King column. Olive drab. If I invested in a color, that would be it. <laughs> Our tablecloth today is almost uh It's a light olive drab. It's a bleached olive it's drab. It's a pea-colored, like pea is in the vegetable, not as in urine. <laughs> then again, depending then on what... You ate asparagus, depending it would look on like it, this. You had some guacamole, you know, your pea might look like you this. You know what? This looks like guacamole mixed with a little bit of heavy cream. Th- that is exactly what it is. So what's going on? What's in the news? I got stuff to talk about in the news. Hit me with some news. Well, it's Landis news. So, you know, his I'm hearing expecting this. his hearing started last Monday, I believe. And, you know, no smoking guns or anything yet. Of course, Landis has to prove his innocence. I mean, apparently the infallibility of the testing is infallible. You know, the, the tests are considered mm-hmm. to be infallible. So he is uh, guilty until proven innocent at this point. And again, there's a, there's the chance that he did it. I'm not saying he didn't do it because I don't know. There's probably only one person in the world who really knows. But the interesting thing this His week... hairdresser. The, they might know. The, the really interesting drama this week was on Thursday, I believe it was, great cyclist Greg LeMond, uh, three-time tour winner, American Greg LeMond, testified to a phone call that Floyd had made to him last August. Lamont has always been very vocal about uh, perhaps even Armstrong having been a doper, and he was just convinced that Landis doped. And I don't know, Lamont's whole shtick seems to be, you know, anybody who can ride faster than me or has even the smallest appearance of impropriety has to be doping. And it almost seems like he's got an axe to grind, and he's a little angry. you got to respect him. He's one of the greatest cyclists of all time, three-time tour winner, but he rides with lead in his body. He does. So anyway, he he testified to a conversation that Landis called him after he had been in the news proclaiming everybody being a a, a doper. And Landis called him and said, "Why are you doing this? Let's you know, let's let the let's let this all settle out and see what happens before we uh, start making these accusations." And again, this is all weird context because I don't know the whole 
the whole script of the conversation. And, you know, it was in August. I'm not sure Lamont could remember it either. But Lamont had apparently said the words something like, why don't you come clean? Meaning apparently fess up. Yeah, right. And Landis's reply was something like, what good would it do? It would only hurt people. You know, an indirect Perhaps, depending on context, admission that he may have done something, or he may not. I mean, context is everything. They could have been talking about laundry. He know. didn't say... If I put bleach in my laundry, it would hurt people. He didn't say, I did it, but what good would it do to come out? So I, I still think the benefit of the doubt has to reside on Landis' side here, and we got to wait till this all, all comes out in the wash, as they say. <laughs> that was a nice little uh, tie-in to my laundry thing. <laughs> It's all going to come out in the wash, and uh, it's going to be interesting. There's, uh, I believe they're testifying today as well. I think they really? were testifying on Saturday because the witness list is long, and the testimony has been long also. So they're not nearly as far along the witness list as they want to be. So uh, they may extend it a few days or not. I don't know. But you know, this isn't going to be the end of it regardless of the decision because either side already said they're going to appeal. And then it goes to the world anti-doping uh, court, the WADA, the World Anti-Doping Administration, whatever. Right now, this this uh, hearing is being prosecuted by the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is a higher court, as it were, the Supreme Court of Doping. And, you know, so there's, there's many, many more months of this uh, coming. Now, what's the point of them coming out now and saying that no matter what happens, they're both going to appeal? Why don't they just cancel this trial and start a new one you know yeah just go right well they do need to get a lot of the evidence out there and there's been some good evidence on landis's side as well he's had several chemists who do these sorts of tests questioning the uh questioning the procedures of the lab you know Mm -hmm. not directly questioning their credibility but questioning the chain of custody of the samples like if a sample went missing for two hours hello i mean you know, even if Landis did do it, and I have no idea if he did, it still seems to me there's been enough procedural errors that he should probably get off on a technicality. Yeah, they, they were in the habit of, of playing uh, catch the vial in the lab. <laughs> it's right. I mean, rules apply to both sides. There are reasons there are rules in the testing procedures, and there are reasons there are rules about not doping if you are an athlete. You know, both sides have to adhere to the rules. So we'll see what sort of court or kangaroo court this is going to end up being. But again, many, many more months to play out before. uh, I mean, when it ends next weekend, then there's two or three weeks for the arbitrators to decide. And then, of Mm -hmm. course, there will be the appeals. And it's, you know, it's a giant cluster freak, as they say. Mm -hmm. And the only news that I've got is also sporting news. By the time the show airs, the Yankees will have been pummeled to death <laughs> or maybe not the Mets only have won one game and it was not a pummeling it was three to two yeah but it was a good pitcher's duel actually it, it was it's just uh, I'm 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 upset with the Yankees I was listening to the radio last night I lost I listened to the game why on the radio because I was uh in front of the computer and the 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 wife was upstairs trying to sleep <laughs> the wife was yeah. upstairs she has no name but she has a name. My wife, Betsy, was upstairs trying to sleep, and I didn't want to have the TV on. And, and you know, when the Yankees are losing, I, I get a little angry and throw things. No, so it's it was just I was listening to the to the radio while I was on the computer reading stuff, and um, and it was just pretty sad. It's just sad to listen to. It was a close game, dude. But I've been listening to all these losses, one loss after another after another. It gets it's it's disturbing. And then there was a radio show on, uh, I think it was Fox Sports or something like that, the station that, that comes on afterwards. And the talk show hosts are 
were going on and on about how Joe Torre should be fired. Well, and we've had this just, conversation. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Uh, he can't play for the players. You know, they've got to execute. They're the ones on the field. Well, and they're also saying that he's not in the clubhouse firing them up. I'm sorry, but if I'm getting paid like $28 million a year, that's that's motivation enough. Yeah, that's that's a fire right there. Yeah, you don't have to have some guy who looks like uh, Frankenstein telling you, do your job. You don't Jeez. need a drill sergeant out there. It's drill sergeant. Yeah, Sergeant Toomey. Whatever you tell me to do, drill sergeant. You know, in, in the future, I want to talk about a film. Hopefully, you, uh, you can put it in your queue and check it out. I want to talk about the film Jesus Camp, which you and I talked about before the show, but it's, yeah, I'll it's, watch it and we'll hit it's that one. worthy of an entire show. It really is. There's a lot going on in it. So if you guys want to do homework with us, there's a film about evangelicals. It's like a summer camp for kids, and the film is it's a documentary, and it's called Jesus Camp. So uh, check it out, and you'll know what the heck we're talking about. Let's do some tune You want to play a tune? Yeah. Right, let's, let's check it out. Blocks. I can break heads. My big old body has filled many girls' beds. But I really didn't mean to do you wrong, man. I just really, really want to be a strong man. Ain't got too many brains working out in my my skull, my arms are getting bigger, my mind's growing dull, and I'm not sure if there's a message in the song, man, I just really, really wanna be the strong man. And I can throw punches I can eat up But those some people's lunches Give me some time It won't take long, man I just really, really wanna be the strong man Ain't got common sense And very Told me a joke, I doubt I'd get it But I'd never, ever try to do you wrong Man, I just really, really wanna be The strong, the strong man The strong, the strong man I can break, I can break, I can break Cool. That was Jonas Drumby with Strongman. I really like the funky little grooves they get going. His sort of quirky little vocal style. Mm-hmm. I just like the way they write music. I just they're cool. I actually uh, engineered on that record, and uh, they sound like they're having fun. Yeah, they they're a ton of fun. 
And uh, three tons I, of fun. <laughs> well, especially the album artwork. There's an yeah. elephant with angel wings, a halo, and a harp. That's yeah, cool. The art. record is called Elephant Angel. They're not together anymore, but there's so many strong songs on there. We'll we'll play some more of them in the future. What are we drinking today, Studley? Screw Cap Madness. It's Paringa. It's a uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Where's that out of? Is that Aussie? Paringa? Paringa? Paringa, Paringa. I don't know. Where is this from? I just grab stuff off the rack. Just randomly. Just random stuff. Yeah, it's Australian. It's a, yeah, it's like a cab. And it's, what year is it? Oh, five. Oh, five. Yeah, it's not as uh, dry as I'm used to. But no, like no, it. it's not. And uh, it's good. I don't mind it. Screw cap madness. Yes, yeah, so we continue the screw cap. It's got an orange screw cap. Well, you know, cork failure exists and <laughs> screw cap. I know that sounds a little obscene, but screw caps never fail. So I'm sure the, the French will never adopt the screw cap. It's just a little too forward, a little too modern, perhaps, for the traditionalists. But the Aussies and probably some other winemakers in the future will be adopting the screw cap in the future. More. You know what? I'm going to do a, a little mission. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the, all the liquor stores in the Syracuse area, and I'm going to look for a French wine with a screw cap. Um, okay. I want to see if I can find one of those. Uh, I triple dog dare you. Oh, now I have to. Mm-hmm. I have to. Hey, so I was thinking, and it's a it's a rare occurrence, but it happens every once in a while. <laughs> Just silly with the thinking. I thought a while ago someone had mentioned, someone had commented, some feedback we got that maybe we're not as bloodthirsty as we should be, or or something. We don't get a, our ire up. Yeah, enough. Well, we've been accused of not talking about vegetarianism enough, but that's despite the name of the show. It's not really what the show's about. It's a small part of it. It's a sports show. Very small. <laughs> Current events, culture, films. Whatever, and, whatever crosses our minds. Is and what somebody, it is. I believe, probably a year ago, did say we're not bloodthirsty enough. I, I don't remember who, where, what, when, why, or how. All of the uh, interrogatives. I remember none of them, but. So what I did is I, I sat in front of my mirror and I and I made all these angry faces to try to get my ire up. It, and didn't, it didn't work. His ire is up. It didn't work. I got a pill for that. But um, boom, it's blue. Um, so I put together a five question thing to see if we can get some some uh, some juices flowing here. Well, that's not really true. You put together a four question. I put thing. four question thing. You hit me with a fifth. <laughs> yeah, and it was a question that was. Uh, discussed at the cafe table last night after uh, having seen the film that I'll talk about a little later. Yeah, so these five questions have a theme, basically stuff that ticks us off, gets us uh, bloodthirsty, so to speak. Right. First question, question number one. You you can answer them first. Okay, I'll answer Since first. it's your damn survey. What is the stereotype you hate the most or, or misconception that you hate the most? Okay, so what what is your stereo conception? Least the, the thing that ticks me off is is when people assume that if you're a white male that you're a potential child molester in public. Really? Yeah. Now see, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got kids as I've mentioned before, and if I see like a little kid in public in a mall or, you know, out walking on the street or something, I'll smile or wave or the kid, you know, if like a, a kid wanders off from the mother like in a checkout line or something, I'll look down and say, "Hey, how are you?" And the mother will immediately grasp the child as if I was just about to abduct it. And you think it has something to do with being white? Mm, I'm thinking it has something to do with being male, mostly. I, I think it has something to do with pr- probably with being male and being friendly, you know? We're, we're, we live in a culture where everyone is... We've got the fear thing coming from the news and our government. You know, yeah. we'll protect you. Fear everything. Fear everything. You can't turn on the news without seeing a, a, a segment... 
The new blender from Osterizer starts on fire and kills your children. News at 11. It's just ridiculous. We need to get away from this fear thing. 60,000 vehicles were recalled because the left blinker wasn't working correctly. Right. And it might explode. Yeah. Enough. And I don't buy into it. I don't really watch the news and all that crap just because it's it's over the top. It's negative. And you know what? Most of the people in the world are good people. Well, and it's very hurtful. And I think that that one of the things that that um, people don't understand is there were probably just as many child molesters back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s when you could go up to a child and say, hi, how you doing? Yeah, it we was just less... didn't hear about it enough. Right, it was less a news topic. And it's a perfectly valid topic, Absolutely. obviously, but you know, not everyone's a child molester. Well, you know what? I have a corollary to that, to your answer, because you'll go up to, and this happens with women, you, you know, there'll be a young woman perhaps in my age range and I'll be somewhere and I'll say, you know, do you have the time? And she'll go, well, you know, the watch that my boyfriend gave me says it's quarter to three. You know, <laughs> Flash you the little rock. They, so they think you're you. all, no, I just wanted to know the freaking time. I don't really care about your marital status. You're not as hot as you think. Get over it. You know, I didn't sniff your neck and ask for the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I'm, yeah, it's crazy. So, you know, I got a couple of answers for this. And my first answer is all tall people play basketball, right? I mean, I'm six three. I've been hearing that my whole life. You're tall. You You'd play be a basketball? short guy in the NBA. I would be a short guy, but I'm taller than Spud Webb. And True. he could dunk. He could dunk. But yeah, I hear that a lot. You know, you're tall, you must play basketball. You're tall, you must be uh, a doorman. But you know what stereotype I really hate? And a lot of Americans dislike the French. The French have a particular... Mm, they've always been maligned by the Americans. And, you know, we wouldn't even be here without the French in the Battle of Yorktown, first of all, in the Revolutionary War. So let's start with that. The U.S. and France have a... a, a strange relationship where we've have, we have depended on each other several times throughout the, there the centuries. There are friends. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Just because they didn't support George Bush in his illegal and absolutely unnecessary war in Iraq. Immoral neither, war, more importantly. Right. Neither did the Germans. The Germans and the French took a lot of heat, you know, about not getting into Bush's uh, little coalition or whatever they wanted to call it. So I'm actually really tired of the way France and French people are perceived by, you know, the American public and the way they're portrayed on Fox News or wherever this this ridiculous stereotype wherever this ridiculous stereotype is being portrayed and uh, perpetuated. perpetuated. That's exactly the word I was looking for. So, yeah, I'm you know what? I've met people from France and every one of them has been a great person and they love life and they're happy and and it's great, you know, and I want to go there. I want to go to France. I want to march under the Arc de Triomphe with a really funny little gray uniform on. Are you going going to stomp with your leather boots? <laughs> my jack oh, boots. Oh, diff- different kind of uh, my jack marching boots? under that. No. Yeah. No, but yeah, France, Paris is definitely on the agenda of uh, of traveling. And you know what? I, that's the stereotype I hate. Anyway, so there you France, go. France, just like, you know, any other Mediterranean country, people have a more laid back attitude about life. And um, there's so much culture in, in France. It's ridiculous. People, people who dismiss France as... Uh, or French people as as being weak or I don't know and I I'm ticked off about that but but not as much as you obviously well it's not even I mean it's nothing I'm going to get into fisticuffs over I'm not going to get in fisticuffs a, yeah I'm not going to get in a punch up with somebody over it but I mean it's it's real the the stereotype about the French being cowards you know there was this thing being circulated around the internet recently with the whole we France never thanked us for invading and helping rid their country on D-Day and all that. And it, and it's, you know, it's just ridiculous, you know. What what do you what do we want? Like a Hallmark card? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks you know, for that whole D-Day thing. Yeah, I I don't know. But anyway, what what do you got for number 2? Number 2. 
What makes you embarrassed to be an American? So this is sort of like a segue into your response. Well, go ahead. Okay, my first, well, my first and only thing is how much waste we have got in this country. And at the same time, how many of the underprivileged are served. So we've got so much food. We're, we're essentially the bread basket of the world that we produce. That's Rich being noisy. We produce wheat in abundance and we throw it out. We throw Genetically wh- modified wheat. True. And corn. We throw out so much wheat and, and other naturally harvested foods from this country and packaging to boot. Yet, at the same time, we've got people who don't have health insurance and we know who don't have meals on their table, three squares a day, so to speak. And that sort of ticks me off, that, that dichotomy. And, and I'm, it's, to me, it's a, it's a moral dilemma. This country is really going to be in ruin if we can't take care of the people in the country. Yeah. Well, I have a one-word answer for what makes you embarrassed to be an American, and I know you know what the word is. It's Bush. The guy's as dumb as a stump. He's a liar. He's a scumbag. Done I disagree deal. with you. I don't think that he's dumb. I just we've think he's been totally misguided. Uh, we've been over this. Well, he's definitely misguided, and I do think he's dumb. I think he got through Yale with a payoff. I'm sure the, the daddy made a really big financial. I don't think he gets through Yale on his own. I'm sorry. I just don't. Come on. Well, I can buy listen, that. Listen to the language he uses every day. He can't even speak English. L- seriously, he can't. You. The thing is, you know that he's searching for the word. He just can't find it. Well, because he doesn't know it. <laughs> he knows the word. Maybe. But I, I, you know what? We'll have to agree to disagree. You know, we both agree that he's an embarrassment. And you just, you he apparently an, think he's smarter than I do. And I think he's as dumb as a stump. Yeah, I think Most it's, stumps it's, are brighter. I think we're splitting hairs there in, in terms of uh, Bush's intelligence. Go ahead. Question Num- number three. Number three. What is the worst movie or television show you have ever seen? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mine is, and I and I could I wish I could pinpoint the year, but it is Thomas and the Magic Railroad. Wow, don't have any idea what that is. Whoa, there is this uh, this kids show Thomas the Tank Engine. Mm. It started mm-hmm. in the UK, and and my kids love. Well, my son loves it because he likes railroad stuff, and they put personalities and faces on the characters. And speaking of the trains, where are the trains? In the closet, <laughs> the Lionel. <laughs> well, we had to to evacuate the train set from the flood. Mm. That's right. We didn't want the trains to drown. That's right. So, but but the television show is kind of charming and cute, and and my son still kind of likes it. He's starting to grow out of it. But the movie was just torturous. I mean, the narrator, who was the conductor, was played by Alec Baldwin, and I'm wondering, how much money did they have to give this guy? Because he did it with so much enthusiasm. I was I was struggling to stay awake. But when I was awake, I wanted to poke my eyes out. Well, did he ever say anything like, don't give away pie with your breakfast. It makes you look cheap. No, he was he didn't say anything character. like that. No, he was he was almost like someone high on crack. He was it was that fake sincerity, that fake cheerfulness. Oh, so rough, rough. You got coffee. You think you could handle it? You think you could fill it? <laughs> We're talking about a Saturday Night Live skit. It was an old SNL that Alec Baldwin hosted, which won all sorts of Emmys. And the the B-52s were the musical guests. And it's probably one of the best best single SNL episodes I've ever seen. So is that your answer? Yeah, it's my answer. Well, you gave me a second answer to my first answer. The worst film I've ever seen, without question, is The Fly 2. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is Eric literally Stoltz was literally there. the worst film I've ever seen. I was made to go see that film. I didn't want to go, and my friends, all of them, John wasn't a party to this, but uh, a couple of my other friends, Eric and maybe Matt, were like, they well, drugged him, put him let's in the back go of a see VW it. Bus. And I said, you know what? This film just looks terrible. I don't want to go. Well, come on, we'll pay your ticket. I, I just don't want to. We'll pay your ticket and we'll buy you dinner after. 
all right, I'll go. <laughs> we'll rub your feet during the movie. Come on, you have to see it. And I really felt violated. It's one of the few films I've seen in my life where I got nothing out of it and really wanted my money back after I saw it. <laughs> you it, wish they could take the memories out of your head. After if it. they could extract, I've done my best to forget them. And speaking of TV shows, and you're talking about educational children's shows, Barney. <laughs> Hate the Barney, yeah. never liked the Barney. Barney yes, should have caught a bullet. Yes, love is great, but it's like the only thing that was on that show was I love you, you love me, we're as happy as can be. To me, a good children's educational show is more like Sesame Street, you know, something like that. They're clever, teaching you math. Witty. It's clever, witty, great characters. There's music. I mean, John was showing me a clip on YouTube a couple of months ago with uh, Stevie Wonder mm-hmm. jamming out with Superstition with all these kids, you know, feeling the funk with a little uh, Stevie Wonder. And this is on a kid's show. Yeah. You know, and they have real talent on there. Music appreciation. Genius. Yeah. Brilliant. Barney, I love you. You love me. We're as happy as can be. Done. All right. That's the whole show. Big dinosaur in a silly suit. There used to be a Usenet news group called alt.barney.die.die.die. Yeah, it was the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I, well, I have to agree with the Barney thing, but Thomas the Tank Engine, hands down, the worst. Okay, I'm, I'm, I know who Thomas the Tank is, but the particular show you're talking about, I am not familiar with. Okay. By the way, we're still using the backup compressor, so if our audio integrity isn't quite up to the normal bloodthirsty vegetarian standards, I apologize, and hopefully the compressor, which is being repaired as we speak, will be back for the next show. And there will be no refunds, by the way. That's right. <laughs> no refunds for any listeners. You've signed the contract. You know the deal. That's right. What food under any circumstance are we would really, we not eat? Are we really being that bloodthirsty now? <laughs> I'm getting really angry here. John's ire is up. My my sleeves are rolled up. I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the Look 1920s. The bristling uh, forearms brilliant. on that guy. He's like Popeye. He's got an anchor on there. It's insane. I'm known for my forearms. So what food under any circumstances will you not eat? Yeah, what food just really makes you, you know, not want to eat? And this is, and we talked about this earlier. This is not something that that we choose not to eat because yeah. of our dietary. John's not going to say beef because he's a vegetarian, right. Or whatever, or me gluten or something. Yeah, for gluten, me gluten and beef in my case, a gluten filled beef steak. <laughs> yeah, um, a, a beef sandwich is what you could not eat on white bread. <laughs> um, for me, it's mayonnaise. Really? Oh. It's not balsamico. It's mayo. Mayonnaise. The sight, smell. Sound of mayonnaise makes my stomach turn. So before you were a vegetarian, what did you put on tuna? I never ate tuna. Ever? I do not like mayonnaise, and I do not like anything prepared with mayonnaise. Oh. What about the Miracle Whip? Nothing that is prepared in any way that makes it look like mayonnaise. What about veganaise? It's a soy thing. I I will not eat anything that even approximates mayonnaise. (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) It it is, to me, the, the texture of it... The sight of it, the thought of it, just really turns my stomach. Hmm. I, I know that and it's just eggs it? and oil and, and some... It's some, just eggs and oil, really. It's eggs, oil, and lemon juice, really. Yeah. And I like all of those things on their own, and sometimes in combinations with each other. But in mayonnaise form, I really want to throw up when I just hmm. look at it. It just makes me... Ugh. Yeah. I don't have a good answer for this one. I really don't. I don't have the mayonnaise. Bullets. You don't eat bullets. <laughs> yeah. Not yet, anyway. I uh, I don't have the mayonnaise phobia that John has. I I like most condiments, actually, at least in, in small amounts, right? Everything in moderation. My my runner-up was ketchup. I love ketchup on oh. French fries. You won't eat it on French fries? I won't eat ketchup. Do you eat French fries? I eat French fries. What do you eat them with? Salt. 
I, you know, when I was a meat eater, and this is a cop out, I honestly couldn't think of one. And there's an answer coming up, actually, in the next question, which was my question, which uh, I couldn't think of a good answer to either. Oh, jeez. But the only thing I could come up with was when I was a meat eater, I wouldn't eat liver. I wouldn't eat any kind of liver. It's a very gross looking yeah. organ. And I just, you know, it just grossed me out. It looks disgusting. It's all a mental thing. I mean, what's the difference what you're eating? If you're eating meat, what's the difference if you're eating the brain of the animal, the liver, the muscles? You know, the Japanese make delicacies, as do the gourmets, out of all ah, of these things. sea urchin intestines. Exactly. It's the first for me. <laughs> well, on, on, on Iron Chef, they eat the guts of the fish. They call it the innards, you know, and it's prepared, and they eat it. And this stuff is all very gourmet. Goose liver, right? Sparrow uh, vomit. Yummy. Foie gras, right? It's That's goose right. or chicken, goose liver or something like that. And, and these things are considered very gourmet, but I just always found them to be very disgusting. So even when I ate meat, I, I had my limitations, and I... I wouldn't do the liver thing. Well, most of it is uh, a mental thing. And for me, mayonnaise is totally a mental thing because, like I said, the ingredients themselves I have no problem with. You need to get like Bear grills and get over the mental idea of eating something and just, you know, you need to eat it because it's sustenance, you know? Yeah, well, if I were Bear grills, I wouldn't be cracking <laughs> open a, a, a jar of mayonnaise out in the desert because then it'll kill you. <laughs> That's right. Hopefully it's refrigerated. John and I actually briefly talked about the idea of what we would or wouldn't eat. I mean, if we were stranded on a desert island for weeks and we had nothing else to eat and, you know, some sort of meat thing availed itself to us, I'd have to admit I would have to eat meat at that point. But I would probably track down and eat bugs. They're a living thing. A vegetarian yeah. ideally wouldn't eat them, but there's a lot of protein in to them. To survive, I would pro- probably eat yeah, anything. Yeah, to survive, you know, we most people would do many things to survive. But I wouldn't dip the bug in mayonnaise. Right. You know what? Question number five was mine, and not entirely mine. Me and my friends went out to uh, the cafe afterwards, and we uh, somehow this question came up. We were talking about racism, and we were actually sort of beating the dead horse of the I missed thing. Yeah. I saw a comedian on Comedy Central. His name is Mencia. Yeah, he's got to show the mind of Mencia. Yeah, and he kind of said what you said at the beginning of our segment on Imus, but really took it over the top and was very angry about it. And he's, by the way, one of the roasters on the Shatner Roast DVD, which <laughs> I have for us to watch, which I haven't watched yet. Yeah, I'll check it out. But um, Mencia kind of went off, and I started started talking in the abstract about racism and all this stuff. And then one of the people at the table postulated the question, is there a word that you just don't like to hear? And it isn't exactly the word that you hate, which we kind of talked about in that PIVO questionnaire, that mm-hmm. 10 question thing a few weeks ago. But I mean, is there a word that, you know, it's so negative sounding and it's so, it's said with so much, it's meant to be said with so much hurt. And you, I, help me out here. What's the word I'm looking for? It's just meant to be very hurtful. You know, is there a word that makes you cringe? And, you know, each of the people at the table off, other than me offered up the word that really makes them cringe. And I honestly sat there and, and couldn't think of anything. So I'm going to turn the floor over to you. You thought of a question and you won't even answer it? Well, no, but you've been answering first. So I'm going to oh, let okay. you answer first, even though this was my question. Well, I can't say it on air because mm-hmm. we'll we'll get our license revoked. All right, what what is it? You can say it. What does it begin with? Um, I'll I'll. It's made of two words. Oh, really? It's made of two words. Oh, it wasn't what I thought you were going to say. No. It's made of two words, and it is. I'll I'll come up with um. Synonyms for both words. Mm-hmm. Rooster lollipop. Oh, cocksucker. <laughs> He just cringed. 
I just, oh man, uh, we just went. R no with one should that. say that word. And you know, I've watched a show. It's like a hyphenated word, kind of. There was a show, uh, Deadwood, on HBO. Yeah, they swear on there more than anything I've ever seen. And they say that specific word probably every three or four seconds. Did you know that show is written in iambic pentameter? Is it? Yeah, somebody told me that. I don't know if it's true. It's I've only seen it a true. couple times. I've only seen it. Uh, I was at a trade show for my company, and I had free HBO in the room, and I, I caught an episode. I've literally only seen one episode, but they swore more, and they made me blush. They swore so much, and. But they say that word so often that I couldn't even get into the to the show. I couldn't watch it. You know, the I thought for sure you were going to go with the same word that some of the people at the table went with, which is commonly referred to as the C word. To I which, don't have a problem with that. To one. which my reply is what? Christ? Catholic? See you, see you next Tuesday. <laughs> What's the C word? Christ? Catholic? I don't know. See you next Tuesday. I'm not even going to respond yeah, to that. Yeah, one. it's sort of like for unlawful carnal knowledge, right. which actually is what they used to write on the stocks. If you were cheat, what do they call it? If you were a cheater on your wife, what's the word for that? Adulterer. If you were an adulterer in like Jamestown, they would put you in the stocks and put F-U-C-K on I the stock. I think that's an urban legend. No, that's, no, I actually read this in history books. They would put F-U-C-K on the stocks, and it was for unlawful carnal knowledge, hmm. which is also the name of Van Halen record, I think. I'm, it is. I'm going to have to disprove that one. Well, I, I got to look that one up. Why don't you do that? But you know what? While Honestly, I cannot think of a word that when I hear it makes me cringe. I, You know what? I have a problem with people who don't like words. Mr. Man, you, we, you start disliking words, you start banning words, and oh, there's like whoa, a slippery whoa. slope thing going on here. I know you wouldn't call for the banning of that word. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not calling for any banning, but that's not. But what some I'm ob- people would. I'm not objecting to it because I, it bothers me for any reason. I, can, I don't even have an explanation for it. That mm. word, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I, I can't explain it. When I hear the word, it, it just bothers me. It's, it's, it just seems overly crude is what it is. Well, yeah, there certainly are a lot of overly crude words. And I, I feel bad that I can't think of a word that makes me cringe. I mean, I don't know what it is. I'm not pretending to be superior and like, oh, I'm morally superior and there are, I love Fornicator! words. <laughs> there are no, ooh, I just he cringe. <laughs> there it is. I found it. <laughs> no, I just can't think of a word that makes me cringe. I don't know. I... I, you know, there are things that make me cringe. Incumbent. You know, injustice. Uh, what was the uh, arbitrariness? We talked about that. There are things that make me cringe and that I don't like, but I can't. Onions. Onions. I love onions. Aromatic vegetables are the bomb, dude. So, yeah, I can't think of a word. You're and a total cop-out on this It has nothing to do with being a cop-out. I sat at the table for 15 minutes while my friend uh, Chris and Donna were chatting, and just tried to think of a word, and you know, their word was the c word, and I thought your word was going to be the c word. And now, this is what what always gets me: women don't like that word. They certainly it, don't. It seems like if if we were to take a, a survey, ninety percent of women, I would think, wouldn't like the word. And they certainly don't like being called that word. Right now, why is that? I mean. Did well, they have an explanation for it? Well, that's something I can explore at our next meeting at the cafe. But they just did, they didn't have an explanation. Well, they I didn't really didn't explore like it. it. Yeah, I didn't really pursue the topic. You know, I was more trying to come up with uh, come up with my own word that I didn't I didn't like and made me cringe, and I couldn't come up with one. But I am going to spend the next few weeks thinking about this, and if I do come up with one, I will. Uh, you just blurt it out. I'll alert the masses. <laughs> <laughs> All so right. anyway, we got another tune. I'm I'm so angry. I don't even know if I can play the music. <laughs> well, this tune's going to cheer you up. It's got a real. It's got a vibe similar to a band you might be familiar with. Anyway, it's lovely. Check it out.
say for the record, you got sold You're gonna make it loud someday if you try The Alarmists with uh, the song Good Advice. Fine young gentlemen. They're out of the Twin Cities area. Got a bit of a Oasis-y, Beatles feel. We played them once before. I don't know. That was actually quite a while ago. Yeah, the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Ah, those Twin Cities. Out of the Tri-County area. Another uh, another area that has a baseball team that's beating the Yankees. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's face it. Almost everybody's beating the Yankees. Most. The Yankees. I can't believe they're 10 Friggin' games behind. Most single-A clubs are beating the Yankees at this point. You Clemens. Know? There's a hockey team Clemens, that's beating the Yankees right now. Clemens gave up a home run to single-A baller. It's going to be ugly tomorrow, oh. man. So anyway, I saw I saw a film called uh, The Lives of Others, which is a, uh, a German film. I've been wanting to see this film, too. You, Yeah, you had said you had seen some publicity about this film, and without question, this is one of the greatest films I have ever seen. At the Munson Williams Art Series, it's certainly in the top three, and the other one would be uh, Goodbye Lennon, which is another German production, and one film that you ended up liking very yeah, much, which cool was film. The Station Agent. And I, I mean, I've been going pretty much without fail for four years every week. So I've seen a couple of hundred films in the last four years there. And this one was just absolutely incredible. And it was about East Germany before the wall fell. Not unlike 
Goodbye Lenin. Mm-hmm. Except this film was not nearly as romantic a look at the East German regime as this film is. This film was all about the Stasi and their uh, methods and... Uh, secret police. The se- Yeah, the Stasi were the secret police, the state-sanctioned uh, police. Otherwise, you know, they, they, these were the guys who made people disappear and ruin people's lives, basically. And this film was about a character named George Drayman, who was a writer. He was a playwright, but he also was known for writing uh, occasionally subversive material, which would leak into the West, being critical of the East German regime. And it was also about the, uh, the she who was his girlfriend, uh, an actress played Mar- an actress named Martina Giddick played Krista Maria Sealand. And the other significant player in this film was an actor named Ulrich. Muhe, M-U with an umlaut H-E, or M-U with the two dots over it. I don't know how to pronounce that. But he played a Stasi agent, a captain in the Stasi police force named Hauptmann Wiesler. And this film was basically about Wiesler's observations of Hauptmann. Helped, or George Draymond, the, the character George Draymond, he was uh, basically targeted for observation because he was an artist, and artists tend to be free thinkers. I'm pretty sure the Stasi are still monitoring you. Of course. <laughs> There's, uh, the, in fact, we don't even use our own microphones. We just use the Stasi feed. and we just, just tap right in. We tap right in and use that for our show. So this Hauptmann uh, Wiesler character in the film became the guy who listened to the innermost secrets and thoughts because his apartment was bugged. And what ended up happening was the George Draymond character did end up writing a subversive piece about suicides in East Germany. Apparently, one year, there was a particular year in East Germany where the number of suicides that were that actually happened stopped being recorded, probably because the number was so high. People didn't like the, the, the ruling regime, so they took their own lives, and the East Germans just decided to stop keeping track of that statistic. Yeah. So he started. He wrote an article that was smuggled to the West and was published in Der Spiegel. Der Spiegel. So then a... Next to the uh, tablewares. Yes, and... <laughs> And, of course, the East German regime did not like that at all, so they kind of uh, set forth to find out who had written that piece. So many artists were observed and monitored at that point, and they broke into his house and bugged it when he wasn't around. And for years, and he, he was observed for many years, but the, the I'm not going to talk too much about the plot of this film because this film is so huge. I, I mean, I don't say that about too many films, but this the, this film is so huge and powerful that you just simply need to see this film. But one of the the themes that I love in in film is that somebody people manage to retain their humanity throughout the process of what's going on here. And believe it or not, one of the guys, the main guy who retains his humanity, is one of the members of the Stasi, mm-hmm. which is absolutely amazing. And much like that final payoff in many films or many Twilight Zone episodes, there's a payoff at the end of this film, which is just one of those things where you go, <gasps> you know, it's 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 such a positive thing and it's amazing amidst all of the negativity that you've kind of just witnessed. And I, I loved this film to death. I can't say I'm giving this fingers, thumbs, legs, append, any appendage I can. Everything that rich has that will rise is up. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Any of my, uh, appendages, Risables. bones <laughs> is up right now. And I'm raising a glass to this film. Literally right now I am this holding al- my one. This almost this sounds as good as, um, break into electric boogaloo. <laughs> Speaking of films that should not be uttered and films that are among the worst things that have ever been made, yeah. No, this film was gigantic. It was huge. It was so good. It didn't even fit on the screen. 
It didn't. The ratio was like 29 million to one. It was that widescreen. It was unbelievable. But you still get the story through the no- the nose hairs that you see. Right? <laughs> so yeah, the, really, seriously, The Lives of Others. Check this thing out. It was directed by Florian Henkel von Donnerschmark. It's a German Is film. Spanish? Uh, I believe it's German. It's rated R. It's 137 minutes long. And I see that often and I go, oh my God. That's going to be boring to sit through. And not because the film is particular. I'm saying this. When I see the next week's film and they say how long it is, oftentimes I'll look at the length of the film and dread it. Only because the chairs at Munson are very uncomfortable for someone who's six foot three. Not because the film may be. They have spikes and straps. They're very much like uh, the I take them to the Iron Maiden. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's what's that from? Bill and Ted's? Bill and Ted's. Yeah. So this film was just gigantic. In uh, 137 minutes, I sat just glued to my seat, on the edge of my seat for the whole thing. There's so much drama and intrigue and, again, humanity in this film. It's uh, wonderful. And, of course, it's subtitled. It's a 2006 film, so check it out, man. This film was nothing less than awesome. Well, I'm throwing it on my queue. I'm baking up some popcorn and getting my Twizzlers ready. This, oh. And none of those are euphemisms. You're, you're going to love this film. This film was absolutely freaking amazing. So what do you think? Is that a show? Tis show. All right. You know what's next? What's next? Hummus and chips. Oh, John and I are going to watch the Yankees-Mets game, and hopefully uh, it'll be a good game and the Mets are going to kick ass. The slaughter. (laughs) The slaughter of the Yankees. So anyway, you've been listening to Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. Check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. Please send us all of your uh, bank holdings. Feedback at bloodyveg.com. And I've given up on uh, hockey Chris uh, emailing us. It's just, we're never going to mention it again. We've got a police report in, but it's about it. So check out our forum also, in addition to all of the other things we've commanded you to do. Check out the forum. It's www.bloodyveg.com slash forum. That's it. Uh, nothing else? Nothing. All right. See you later. Remember, you're listening to The Vib, the VIB, 